Welcome to the Live to 110 podcast. My name is Wendy Myers, and you can find me on LiveTo110.com. On my site, I teach you all about detoxification and how to heal your health conditions naturally. And my version of paleo, the modern paleo diet. You can also find this video podcast on the YouTube channel, Wendy Live to 110, and on the corresponding blog post on my website. Today we have uh, Cassie Bjork on the podcast today. She's also known as Dietitian Cassie, and she just recently had me on her Low Carb Conversations podcast with Jimmy Moore. It was so much fun, and uh, she wanted to come on the podcast today to talk about leaky gut and all the causes of it and the issues with leaky gut and the problems that it can cause, so everything you want to know about how to heal and seal a leaky gut. Please keep in mind that this program is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease or health condition and is not a substitute for professional medical advice. The Live to 110 podcast is solely informational in nature, so please consult your healthcare practitioner before engaging in any treatment that we suggest today on the show. I'm so thrilled to announce finally my bodybiorehab.com online program is available. You can go sign up at bodybiorehab.com. And I designed this program uh, so that uh, I could resolve all the basic health questions that you and many of my clients have. I get so many emails, hundreds of emails every single month. And people just want to know these basic uh, you know, questions. Uh, how to heal my body? How do I heal adrenal fatigue? How do I heal my thyroid, etc.? And it's actually a lot simpler than what people think. So I designed this program to help to heal the body, how to increase the body's vitality by employing five pillars. And this is diet, following the proper diet, how to exercise, uh, how to sleep, how to improve your sleep. That's a big problem. You cannot heal your body unless you can sleep adequately. Also, how to detox. Uh, You have to detox in order to be healthy. I have so many clients, they eat a healthy diet, they sleep eight hours a night, they exercise a few times a week, and they still don't feel well or they have chronic diseases, and it's because they are not tending to detoxification. So I tell you all the most effective detox techniques, and I also tend to the most important module, which is stress. Uh, You cannot have a healthy body if you have too much stress in your life. Stress is one of our number one killers And I talk about stress and the causes of it and how to reduce your stress. I give you lots of techniques and a guided meditation in the program. Uh, There's also a four-week meal plan, a kitchen kitchen clean-out guide, a goals and commitments worksheet, lots of tools and workbooks to help you on the program. So it's a six-week program. Um, So go sign up at bodybiorehab.com and learn what it's all about. Our guest today is Dietitian Cassie. Uh, Dietitian Cassie is a registered licensed dietitian as well as a lead health coach and founder of Healthy Simple Life, a team of dietitians and personal trainers who provide real food and evidence-based nutrition and fitness coaching online or over the phone at and corporate or community classes. They help find freedom from diets and chronic health conditions through the power of real food so they can live their life to the fullest. Dietitian Cassie and her team are passionate about debunking diet rumors, myths, and fads while teaching people how to eat real foods in balance to help them feel their best. They specialize in meeting their clients where they're at in their health journey and helping them achieve their goals without having to count points or calories ever again. 
She's also the co-host of the weekly podcast, Low Carb Conversations with Jimmy Moore, dietitian Cassie and Friends, and the featured dietitian for the, li- for the TV program, Twin Cities Live. Cassie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Wendy. It's great to be here. Wanting to the listeners a little bit about yourself and how you got into health. Of course. Well, my story as a healthcare professional kind of goes back as far as I remember. I've been interested in nutrition and how the body works. And I was a gymnast and I used to be a marathon runner. So as an athlete, I was just always intrigued by how what I ate affected my performance. So I took both my passions and I graduated with college degrees in nutrition and fitness. And then I went on for some more rigorous schooling to become a registered dietitian. And through all of my schooling, I was taught conventional nutrition approaches, which is like the low-fat diet is the healthiest diet, and we need to count calories for weight loss, and Cheerios, oatmeal, and margarine for heart disease, and making sure diabetics are getting enough carbohydrates. All of this is very different from what I teach now, and I didn't really know any better throughout my schooling. Although I did kind of find it peculiar that I'd see patients count calories and they'd gain more weight or they'd eat more whole grains and come back after another heart attack. Um, And I actually have a personal story. I saw this happen with my own father when I was in school to be a dietitian. He had a double artery bypass graft, which is a major heart surgery. And it just didn't make any sense to me because he ate what I considered to be so healthy. He wasn't overweight. He didn't smoke. You know, he was out running a race when he experienced the chest pain. So what was frustrating for me um, was seeing this happen with my own father when here he was eating the whole grains and the oatmeal and drinking the orange juice at breakfast and doing all these things that, you know, he was supposed to be doing. And when this happened to him, the dietitians in the hospital said, well, you got to just do more of what you're already doing. And that just, you know, it didn't make sense to me. And then for me personally, um, I, you know, the things that I learned in school, I tried to embrace and I felt the worst I felt in my whole life. I was a sugar addict. I was always thinking where I'd get my next fix. I had compelling cravings. I found it difficult to focus. Yet I was eating a diet rich in whole grains and soy milk and low in fat. And I didn't eat meat because I, you know, we thought that was bad for us and it was really low in calories. So as a, you know, young dietitian, none of this made sense to me. So then when I got my RD, LD credentials and really dug deeper into the research, I found that what I was taught in school just wasn't matching up with what I was finding to be true. And then when I applied these findings to my own life, I ditched grains and artificial sweeteners, overcame my fear of fat and really embraced it, took high quality supplements. I felt amazing. So there comes a point when you kind of have to step back and look at what makes sense and just evaluate what you believe in your own heart. And it never made sense to me that when you're on a quest to be healthier, you're, you're eating fake foods, you know, processed, low in fat, high in sugar. It never made sense to me to put chemicals in your body that are made in a lab, like artificial sweeteners or margarine. So that's kind of, that's when I started my venture of spreading life-changing research-based information that helps people feel amazing and reach their goals and really helping people just cut through all the confusing mixed information because people are searching for real nutritional truth and they've really exhausted all the fad diets where they lose weight and it all comes back and they've switched from regular pop to diet and they haven't lost a pound. And so they're tired and frustrated and hungry and they're just looking for a solution. And I found that that solution is actually pretty simple and practical. And it's just about real food and looking at the right timing and the right amounts. Yeah, aren't you glad you spent all that money on the education? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I learned a lot in the process. I think it was part of my journey. 
And so that's how my company started. It started as Dietitian Cassie, where it was just me. And it didn't take long for it to grow into an entire team. And that's where Healthy Simple Life was born. So we're a team of dietitians and certified personal trainers. And we do one-on-one nutrition and fitness coaching appointments, mostly via Skype and phone. And then also we see clients at our office in Minnesota. And we're just proud of the fact that we help people lead healthier lives and keep it simple. Like that's our motto and it's a different approach than many other healthcare practitioners. We just don't think that a healthy life has to be complicated and we don't tell our clients to count calories or points or limit grams of fat and we're not about quick fixes or detox plans that leave you feeling frustrated and further from your goals. So we really just help our clients to heal their body and metabolism from the inside out and kind of break all this complex, confusing information into understandable bite-sized pieces with action steps. Yeah, your site is so good. I, I highly recommend it. You have so many good articles on your site, and they're very simply laid out. Like it's really, really good. Thank you, thank you. I think just fi- we find that you know the way that we put the information out there really does resonate with people and it makes sense to them. So that's kind of what we try to do is like take all this research that we know and break it down into how can how can we apply this to our lives? Because um, I go as far as saying about 90% of health concerns are related to nutrition. And every single day we see the power, the healing power of real food and watch our clients take these small steps towards these huge changes that last a lifetime that they weren't able to do. And before they were deprived and now they're feeling awesome eating real food and reaching their goals. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about leaky gut. Uh, That's something that you definitely know a lot about of. And a lot of my clients uh, have big problems with leaky gut. And it's it's really sadly a a growing problem. And I'm glad that more and more people are having an awareness of it. Um, So why don't we talk a little bit about what is leaky gut for anyone who may not be aware of that? Yeah, yeah. So to answer this question, we should probably just start with what's a gut, right? (laughs) So the gut is an essential and repeatedly overlooked starting point for achieving optimal health and for preventing disease. So your gut is oftentimes referred to as the missing link. um, And really, gut health is important for everyone, not just those with digestive issues. You know, when we have clients come to us, whether their goal is to lose weight or increase energy or support immune health, um, get rid of sugar cravings, resolve digestive issues, whatever it is, we always always start with the gut because it's really the cornerstone for optimal health. And it's just the avenue of which nutrients are incorporated in the body. So we, you know, I would like to think of it like eating healthy is only half of the story. You have to be in the ideal state to digest your food too. So your gut is this barrier between the inside of your body and the outside world. So its job is to let important nutrients inside the body while keeping everything else out. So leaky gut is when the lining of your intestine, which is supposed to keep the contents of your digestive system separate from the rest of your body, it's becoming compromised or leaky. So this means that things can kind of get across the gut barrier that really aren't supposed to be there. So not necessarily big chunks of food, but things like toxins and microbes and undigested proteins, you know, bacteria fragments, waste products. And when these escape through our intestines, they, they kind of slip across the membrane and they travel throughout your body via your bloodstream. So you can kind of think of it like there's this net that has little holes to let good things through, but it keeps the bad things from the big things from passing through that would damage your system. And when someone has leaky gut, this net is damaged and these big bad things are able to sneak through and it's not good. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some of the causes of leaky gut? 
You know, there are a lot of causes of leaky gut that could be potential. So it's provoked by substances that can really damage that lining of that gut. So toxins, bacterial imbalance, you know, chronic stress, antibiotic use, um, food, especially food with anti-nutrients like grains. So both refined and whole grains. So I'm a dietitian saying that, you know, maybe I wouldn't recommend eating whole grains. Um, so that kind of explains why the prevalence of leaky gut has increased so much over the years because we've been told these foods are healthy and grains can basically tear holes in your intestine lining because we can't break the anti-nutrients down very well. So it could be because of like how different, um, you know, everything is these days. so different than how they used to be and how our ancestors lived. Um, it could be thanks to, you know, a lifetime of doing things that weaken our digestive function, like consuming the processed foods and taking rounds of antibiotics and being chronically stressed every day and drinking alcohol. Um, my guess is it's kind of a combination of all of the above that caused leaky gut to happen. Yeah. And can you explain, you know, how food sensitivities can result from leaky gut? Because so many of my clients have food yeah. sensitivities and some clients get to the point where they there are so many foods that they can't eat and they're just miserable. Well, when the lining of or when the integrity of the um, intestinal barrier has been compromised, nutrients can be absorbed before they're fully digested. So like partially digested protein and fat, which aren't broken down all the way, can seep through your intestinal lining, making you know their way to the bloodstream, like I talked about. So your body's immune response through these specific um, antigen antibody markers will kind of tag some of these foods as foreign irritants, which will trigger an allergic reaction. And your body can develop antibodies then to these specific strands, which resemble the outer layer of bacteria and other pathogens. Is that different from a histamine reaction uh, where people are having histamine sensitivities? Hmm. I'm actually not sure the answer to that. Okay. Yeah. Because I have a lot of clients when they have adrenal fatigue, um, their bodies just release more histamine and they develop histamine intolerance. They just have so many histamines floating around. Um, they also have to reduce the, the foods that contain histamines as well, like fermented foods or meats yeah. that have been sitting around a long time because uh, that will pr provoke a response. It's just, it, I think it's different than leaky gut. I think um, it could be similar though. It, I think when you really think about the mechanism, it could be similar. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you eat foods like meats that have been sitting around a long time, they develop more histamines mm -hmm. and those can leak into the body through the, the leaky gut and, yeah. and cause more problems. Uh, but how does leaky gut cause inflammation? Oh, I love talking about inflammation. <laughs> so your body kind of perceives these particles um, that, wake, that make their way across the membrane as invaders. And like I said, that triggers that immune response and that can promote inflammation and can set the tone for a host of health issues. So I, I do want to talk for a second just about inflammation because I think a lot of times people think that, you know, inflammation, it's not that big of a deal. It's only happening, you know, you stub your toe and you get inflammation and your body heals it. But, you know, inflammation is at the root cause of almost all weight gain and chronic disease and almost all of us have it for some reason or another. So even if we don't stub our toe or get a paper cut, it's important for us to think about it thanks to stress and sugar and food sensitivities and artificial sweeteners and food quality, poor food quality and lack of sleep. Um, so with chronic inflammation, the symptoms aren't obvious like they are with acute inflammation. When you stub your toe or you get that paper cut, it's pretty obvious. But with chronic inflammation, it's, it's a problem because it manifests itself in different ways from one person to another. So in one person, inflammation might show up as heart disease. And in another person, acne. And in another person, obesity. So it's the kind of inflammation that festers deep inside your tissues. And it's low-grade. 
and systemic, and it's constantly engaged. So it silently damages your tissues and increases your risk of, of disease, which is why it's so scary. Because your body sees it as a fire, and it's always going to prioritize taking care of inflammation before anything else. So that means if you're struggling with you know, lack of energy, you're having a tough time losing weight, um, digestive issues, it's going to be nearly impossible to fix these without reducing inflammation first. So that's actually why we focus on gut health with our clients right away, because oftentimes we see that, you know, when it comes to weight loss, if they've been counting calories and exercising, they can do all of that that they want. But if they're not focusing on the root cause and reducing that inflammation, nothing's going to fall into place. So what kind of health issues uh, lead to leaky gut? Um, so I, th- I think... The types of health issues that can lead to leaky gut, well, I was going to say autoimmune diseases, but it's kind of like what came first, the, the chicken or the egg, because autoimmune, um, autoimmune diseases are pretty much present in everyone who is tested for leaky gut. So it yes. could be that leaky gut comes first. Um, I think that a host of health issues can lead to leaky gut. Um, because it just compromises your immune system and kind of like all the different reasons that we talked about, you know, the toxins, the artificial sweeteners, the processed foods, the stress, a lot of what we're doing in, you know, this day and age in our lifestyle is um, really kind of setting the stage for leaky gut because of just our compromised immune system and digestive function. So I would say practically anything. Yeah. Yeah. I know there's so many things that can lead up to that. And, you know, I think when someone has a health condition, it it can lead to so many other health conditions because the body is compromised. They have immune, you know, deficiencies, nutrient deficiencies and toxicities, et cetera. And it's kind of a domino effect. You have one thing after the other. And I think leaky gut is a big problem for a lot of people that have a chronic health condition. But let's talk about autoimmune. Um, How does an autoimmune disease result from leaky gut? Because Dr. Fasano, um, who's an Italian researcher, has postulated that, you know, uh, if you can't have an autoimmune disease unless you have a leaky gut, there's really no other explanation for them. So I think how it happens is a similar way to the way that food sensitivities can develop and that it's when that immune response is triggered that formation of antibodies to these amino acid strands that slipped through are activated, which just sets off that inflammatory response to the protein particles and the gut lining itself, as well as like any other tissues that might share a similar appearance or a similar amino acid sequence. Um, And that can set the stage for autoimmune disease. And 80% of your immune system, you know, is housed in the tissues in and surrounding your gut. So the development of a leaky gut really can kind of stimulate that immune system to go into overdrive too. Yeah, let's talk about Hashimoto's. For instance, you know, can you explain that a little bit about how when you eat dairy or gluten that those proteins can be similar to the thyroid? Um, so they can, so your body can kind of confuse them because they have a similar structure. And I think that that, that would be why your body could kind of trigger that autoimmune, um, that that response because it sees it as a foreign invader. And that's oftentimes why, you know, Hashimoto's results from dairy or gluten because those particles look similar. Yeah, I think that's so interesting that the body mistakes, you know, it sees uh, this amino acid sequence in dairy mm-hmm. and gluten and then it ends up attacking your thyroid. And uh, I believe Hashimoto's is, you know, fairly simply resolved. Um, you know, you just got to remove dairy and gluten and, um, you know, nourish the body, heal leaky gut. And I've had many clients that resolve Hashimoto's. Uh, but mm-hmm. unfortunately, when you go to the doctor, uh, they say that there's no cure for it. Sorry, you have to be on uh, thyroid medications for life. And I don't buy that at all because uh, I've mm-hmm. seen it healed myself. Um, but uh, let's talk about, you know, how you heal a leaky gut. Uh, what are the steps you have to take to heal that? 
Yeah. So just like leaky gut can kind of develop slowly over years or even decades, the healing process isn't an overnight one. So with our clients, we kind of see that, you know, it it usually takes, I would say, probably between three to six months, sometimes upward to a year. So the most important thing is to be really diligent and consistent about um, about following the the steps that I'm going to outline. So the good thing about healing a leaky gut is it's really doing things that we should probably be doing anyway. So whether you think you have leaky gut or you're not sure, you can be, you know, implementing these tips to heal leaky gut, um, even if you're not sure, just because it's healthy. So like the first thing would be, I would say the first step would be to stop eating foods that damage the lining of your gut, right? So even if you don't have leaky gut, this is a good thing. So, you know, grains, legumes, processed, refined foods can be hard to digest and promote those perforations in your intestines that I talked about. Um, So this means cookies and crackers and bread and pasta Oh, it's brown rice, those foods that we've been told to be healthy for so long. Um, it's really important to work at reducing consumption of those, um, at least for the duration of the healing process. And there's really, um, in my opinion, as a dietitian, there's not really a lot of good reason to eat those types of foods anyway, because we can get all of our carbohydrates from um, real foods, vegetables, and fruits. So I'd recommend keeping those out. Um, and then can we talk about legumes a little bit? Cause I wrote an article on legumes and I have gotten so much flack (laughs) from all the vegans and vegetarians that are chowing on beans, you know, like night and day. Cause Joel Furman says, eat a cup of beans a day. So can you talk about how, um, how legumes can damage your gut? So, so kind of, kind of in a, in a similar way, you know, they can, they have anti-nutrients that can promote perforations in your intestines. You know, when it comes to legumes, I don't think they're a terrible thing to eat if you can tolerate them, but a lot of people don't know if they can. And, um, you know, they do have anti-nutrients in them that can, that can interfere with absorption of other foods that we're eating. And a lot of people are counting them as a protein, but really beans usually have, you know, legumes usually have three to four times the amount of carbohydrate as they do protein. So I think, you know, if you can, if you can tolerate them, if you want to include them every now and then. Um, but I mean, even the reason why they produce gas in the body is because your body can't break them down all the way. So I just, I don't think they're the best source of nutrition and they're not something that I would recommend. Um, but for some people, they can tolerate them better than, say, grains or processed foods. So, you know, maybe in moderation, but for people that are trying to heal a leaky gut, not something I would recommend. Yeah. Yeah. And what about brown rice? Can you talk about some of the issues with that when someone is having digestive issues or leaky gut? Yeah, it's basically the same thing. It's those anti-nutrients in there. So I would actually recommend white rice over brown rice because of that. Um, it's easier It's easier to digest and you're not going to be getting those anti-nutrients. So white rice would be a better alternative than having bread, for example, because bread has gluten in it and rice doesn't. Um, so that, that all of that said, I still would promote the real food carbohydrates, the vegetables and the fruits before I would recommend, you know, white rice or legumes. Yeah, I agree with you. I always tell clients to eat white yeah. rice and they're like, what? Uh, but the China study, you know, one really good thing that came out of the China study was that white rice is the grain that's the least correlated with disease. Yes. So there's a reason yes. that, you know, the majority of the world is eating white rice every day because it's a fairly benign uh, grain, not fabulously healthy for you, uh, but yeah. benign. And I think it's also important to keep in mind that it is sugar. It turns to sugar in your body. So it's okay to have it. But I acknowledge that and realize that, you know, portion control is kind of important, especially when it comes to um, to foods like rice and beans and bread, because they do turn into a lot of sugar in your body. So um, for most people, you know, having a half a cup, probably a cup at the most at their meals, because that does turn into quite a bit of sugar in the body. Yeah, I just did a so, food sensitivity test. It was an MRT mediator release test. And the oh. only food I was sensitive to was rice. 
Oh my goodness. Yeah, That's I don't, not a I don't common eat, one. I, it's weird. I don't eat that much of it, but uh, I just, my body doesn't want it. So that's, that's out for me. Yeah, it is interesting. So yeah, I'm sorry to keep interrupting you. I just uh, have no, a little food that's for great. thought. Thank you for sharing that. That's yeah. interesting. Not many people are sensitive to rice, at yeah. least not in what I found working with our clients. Yeah. So that would be my first step would be to stop eating foods that are damaging the lining of your gut. And then my second tip would be to start eating foods that reduce and heal inflammation and restore the healthy gut bacteria. So fermented foods, all those weird ones like kombucha and sauerkraut and kimchi. And if you can tolerate yogurt, although it's not really the first thing I'd recommend since we're kind of trying to stay away from the dairy here. Um, but those are important for replenishing your good gut bacteria. And then also a healthy fat, which some people kind of still have to overcome their um, fear of fat, that fat phobia that we've kind of been, that's kind of been forced upon us ever since about the 1970s. Um, so healthy fats like like butter and coconut oil and olives and avocado, um, fatty fish like salmon, healing bone broth. These are all important for calming that inflammation that I talked about. That's really at sets the stage for um, for almost all all health issues. So everyone can benefit from eating fermented foods and healing foods and healthy fats. Yeah, can you talk a little bit about how bone broth heals a lot of your intestines? Yeah, yeah. So bone broth is... Um it's just a healing food that has all sorts of nutrients in it, and it's the combination of um, of the of the gelatin in it and the collagen, and you're getting all these nutrients from bones because no, most people aren't just going to sit down and eat a bone. So when you make bone broth, you're extracting the nutrients from the bone that we usually don't get in any other ways, and that can just help calm the inflammation. Yeah, and I think uh, for a lot of uh, Americans, uh, there's not a, a big culture around bone broths. Um, and, yeah. we, and we eat soup here and there, but in other cultures, they have, there's a lot of soups and broths and things being eaten. And I think it's important for people to, you know, revisit traditional uh, cooking and cuisines and, and incorporate more bone broths in, into their their diet, whether they're sauteing their vegetables in it yeah. or slow cooking in it or eating more soups, what have you. Well, it's such a great source of minerals. I mean, your calcium, your phosphorus, magnesium, potassium, and, and it's in forms that your body can easily absorb. So this is what I tell people when they're sick to have bone broth, maybe instead of having saltines and 7-Up or something that they might have used to have in their, you know, pre-real food days. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's, it's just, it's rich in a lot of amino acids and stuff that aren't really found in, in just regular muscle meat. And I do think bone broth is kind of like making a bigger appearance these days, which is kind of exciting. I, I've seen people post that um, there's, there's different coffee shops that are offering bone broth and in coffee cups and things like that. So I'm hoping that that's just not a fad, that it kind of yeah. keeps up because there's a reason. Same with kombucha. Kombucha is becoming a lot more popular these days than it, than it used to. And I'm just surprised that, you know, different people on Facebook that are posting that they're making their own kombucha and it's kind of becoming more of a, um, more of a trend, which hopefully it sticks around because it's so good for us. Yeah, my husband first, he was drinking it like crazy, and he gave me some, and I was like, oh, this tastes like vomit. Uh, but I could think I just had one that wasn't very good, and I tried other ones like the ginger. Kombucha. Yeah, yeah, I tried a ginger and then a grape one, and they're really, really good, and I, I love them. I'm addicted to them now. You kind of have to, yeah, you kind of have to experiment a little bit, because when you first try it, a lot of people when they first try it, they don't love it, because it does have kind of like a little bit of a vin vinegar taste to it, maybe. Um, I think, you know... Maybe it is a little bit of an acquired taste, but once you get used to it, it's it's great for so many reasons. And, you know, 
I don't talk about, you know, I don't encourage drinking alcohol, but for people that are, that want to drink alcohol, I think it's a great mixer, you know, for drinks instead of all the <laughs> sugary alternatives, you can make your own, um, mixed drinks and you're, you're kind of healing your gut a little bit while the alcohol maybe causes a little inflammation. So maybe it negates a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I agree with you. Like some of the, the kombuchas and there's a grape one, there's so many flavors. There's a cranberry one and, uh, they would make a great mixer because, you know, rather than Red Bull or some other carbohydrates, some people just want that carbonation. Exactly. And, uh, so that's exactly. a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you're sick too, like you mentioned the ginger one, um, ginger berry is like my favorite flavor of kombucha and it's kind of, you know, ginger is kind of known as a stomach settler too. So I think that's another great thing to have when, when your body, whatever your body needs to heal from, whether it's leaky gut or maybe you're just not feeling very well, um, kombucha can be really beneficial for that. Yeah. And I it definitely is an acquired taste. I had to drink it a few times and find a flavor mm-hmm. I like before it, it, I really, you know, hit the ground running with it, so to speak. Well, now I think it tastes a lot like hard cider yeah. or maybe even a Mike's hard lemonade. If anyone's ever had one of those, I think that like after, after a while, um, it, it kind of has that same, I don't know, maybe just because I haven't had any of those things for a while, but I think it's pretty tasty. So I always tell people, give it a shot, try it a few times, try a couple of different flavors. Cause you know, like the ones with chia seeds can kind of be weird at first. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe try to stick with one of the basic flavors when you first start. <laughs> yeah. The chia seeds ones are interesting is you know, the chia seeds up uh, kind of pop and they have all these alginates in them and yeah. those, uh, they bind to heavy metals and take them out of your body, but they're real slimy. So it's kind of a, a weird uh, texture to drink that. And it does have a small, a trace amount of alcohol in it, which is also kind of interesting. I know when I was in, I think it was in New York City, they actually have the, you know, you have to be 21. It says that on the label to buy it. And I've never, I'd never seen that before. So yeah, yeah. I know it's so funny. There's the, some kombuchas, they have a white label and a black label. Yeah. Black label ones. And they, they're just fermented longer. So they have more alcohol in them. It's just so funny. You have to be that is interesting. 21 to buy this health food. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so anyway, back to, back to the tips for healing leaky gut. Um, probably the last thing that I would say is, um, get stress and sleep under control. And, you know, sometimes people kind of put these to the side because we're all stressed out and we're all busy and no one has time to sleep, but they're really important. You know, if those are out of whack, it's going to take a lot longer to heal a leaky gut because you'll be promoting more inflammation that your body has to focus on healing. So really do your body a favor and stay rested and practice stress management management techniques so that your body can focus on healing. Yeah, I agree. I think people really need to focus. First thing on their health is to focus on sleep uh, because you can't heal your body if you don't, if you can't regenerate, if you don't spend seven, eight hours, nine hours even sleeping. You don't have the energy to heal. You don't have enough time for your brain to reset and recharge, et cetera. So yeah, with important. any kind of healing. I mean, even even with healing metabolism, it's a new concept for clients of ours who are used to waking up at four o'clock in the morning and hitting the gym right when it opens just to burn those calories. But they found that none of that worked. So we're giving them a, a, a new, you know, a new solution, something new to try. And usually, you know, our first priority is going to be sleep. It's not going to be hitting the gym. And that's different for people that come from that calorie counting mindset. So we're actually telling them, you know, don't get up that early. Get that extra extra hour of sleep because your body needs it in order to heal inflammation that's built up for so long, which is probably what's standing in the way of your leaky gut or or your, you know, stubborn weight loss. Yeah, it's a really interesting concept to think you have to sleep to lose weight. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to it just is. relax to lose I have weight. A blog post on that: sleep to shed pounds. It's yeah. a different concept. <laughs> I I would also say another step would be maybe this should be the first step is to work with a licensed healthcare professional who can guide you through this process. Um, I might be a little biased because we see so many clients who try to tackle these issues on their own, um, who they live under their potential for way too long. So I mean, really, you aren't expected to do this on your own. 
you know, a dietitian or a health coach who's educated in this area can really help you through the healing process and help you figure out which foods you should be eating and how much you should be supplementing and what areas, you know, other areas you might need to focus on to get you on track to being your healthiest self. And I always tell people, you know, when you're considering working with a healthcare professional, whether it's my team or someone else, um, check them out, you know, read through their blogs, follow them on Twitter and Facebook, and just see if their views resonate with yours before, um, before scheduling an appointment, because you want to be really comfortable with their approach and the person that you're working with. Yeah, that, that's a very good point. And I think a lot of people that are trying to heal leaky gut on their own, um, I think people, they want quick results. You they know? do. They want, yeah. uh, they want to be healed in three months. And I think that's just not the reality for most people, especially with long-standing yeah. digestive issues a decade. I have some clients right. have had issues for a decade or longer. and It's not going to happen in three months. So people just, they have to be patient, <laughs> very patient. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not something that we're all very good at. I'm not either in this on-demand on society. And that's why I mentioned that, you know, leaky gut develops slowly over years or even decades. So the healing process, it isn't overnight. And, you know, a lot of the solutions that are offered to us for really any of our health conditions it's a quick fix. It's a quick detox or a quick prescription medicine or whatever it is. We're used to getting those things on demand. Um, so to really heal from the inside out, you have to be patient with your body. And it's important to be consistent and, and diligent. And you don't have to be perfect either. I think that is something that I also want to mention because sometimes people think that, you know, well, if I already had, you know, I had a slice of bread and I knew I wasn't supposed to because it's probably damaging my gut. So I might as well have 10 more. You know, if you drop your phone on the ground, would you smash it? No, yeah. it's the same thing. Like, you know, pick yourself up. It's okay to not be perfect. Um, and it's also important to recognize that when you aren't being diligent, it's just going to take longer. So I think that's what's empowering is you get to make that choice. If you want to have the slice of pizza and the cookie, okay, just know that it's going to take you a little bit longer to heal your gut. And maybe you're okay with that. And that's okay because I think there's, there's a balance in life and no one gets to decide that balance except for you. Yeah. Yeah. We make our choices every day or definitely our health choices. <laughs> so what are some of your favorite supplements to heal leaky gut? There, there's a lot of different kinds of supplements, uh -huh. but what are some of the most popular ones to heal your gut? Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because gut healing supplements are an important part of the healing process and really shouldn't be overlooked. You know, my top three would be probiotic, glutamine, L-glutamine, and fish oil. Um, so probiotics might be the most important supplement to take because they replenish that good bacteria and they crowd out the bad. So like the fer fermented foods have healthy bacteria in them too. Um, and those are important to eat and you can get way more in the form of a supplement. So I do recommend getting probiotics in both food and supplement form. So loading up on, you know, the sauerkraut, the kombucha and taking a high quality probiotic supplement. And then L-glutamine might be the most effective gut healer because it plays a vital role in rebuilding and healing and maintaining that structural lining of your digestive tract. Um, so it helps you to absorb nutrients and it also has anti-inflammatory properties. It protects your cell walls and really promotes good digestion and nutrient absorption while at the same time reducing inflammation. So it's really, you know, I, I would say those two are both critical for any program designed to heal leaky gut. And then fish oil promotes um, or it provides omega-3 fatty acids, which target inflammation, which has been a pretty common theme in our conversation today. And we need to heal that inflammation in order to heal leaky gut. Are you a fan of a slippery elm bark or other things that will kind of coat the lining of the intestines? I think that they can be beneficial. Mm -hmm. I would I always try to prioritize and I would say my top three would be the probiotic L-glutamine and fish oil. And for those who are willing to do more than that, um, there are a lot of other supplements like slippery elm that can be really beneficial to healing a leaky gut. 
And at the same time, um, I think it's important to note that not all supplements are created equal. So we see clients coming in, taking supplements that are actually bringing them further from their health goals because they're not quality. Um, So quality is really essential for getting the results you want when it comes to both food and supplements. So I actually started a company called Real Food Vitamins at rfvitamins.com. We only carry pharmaceutical grade brands of nutritional supplements because pharmaceutical brand um, or pharmaceutical grade means that it's well absorbed. They're free of contaminants and additives and no artificial sweeteners. So they're really high quality and will actually help people get closer to their goals. So I always tell people if you're not taking a high quality supplement, don't take any at all. Like all of the research studies out there that say that, you know, supplements don't work or fish oil is bad for you, um, they're all using supplements that are just found on the shelves at stores and they're not regulated by the FDA, which I'm not a huge fan of the FDA. So it's not that I'm, um, that's, it's not that I'm in support of that, but pharmaceutical grade supplements actually have research behind them. And really, you know, supplements on the shelves at stores, they can put whatever they want in there and no one's regulating it, which is really scary. So I would say unless they're high quality, you know, don't take any supplements at all. And that said, high quality supplements can be so beneficial to a healing regimen. We see clients reach their goals so much faster when they include high quality supplements. Yeah, some of these studies you read that, oh, vitamins don't work and vitamin E is not good for this or that. They're using the worst form of the, the synthetic supplement. Yeah. <laughs> so of yeah. course they're not really working that great. Well, when you think about it, I mean, supplements like like fish oil and like probiotics, if you're getting ones that maybe are at the on the shelf at the store that have been sitting there for years, I mean, the bacteria is probably dead in the probiotics and they could have used, you know, gross cheap, you know, dead fish in the fish oil. So you really don't want to mess around when it comes to supplements because you can't always tell what's in there. So they can, and they can actually bring you further from your health goals and promote more inflammation, which defeats the whole purpose of, you know, spending the time and money on supplements anyway. So I'm glad we, I'm glad we talked about that because supplement quality is really important, just like food quality is important. Yeah, you get what you pay for, and I know I've spent you know thousands of dollars on supplements, <laughs> but they're they're an important component uh, for your health because yeah. you can't get the nutrients you need from food, and so you really need to do yeah. your research on supplements and and you know put that in your budget to buy the highest quality. It's really really important for your health and for longevity as well. And you know you do get what you pay for, and high quality ones you know will be more because there is research behind them. Um, and they're, they, they have to pass a lot of different tests because they're actually being regulated. And at the same time, there are some really expensive supplements that don't work, just that are expensive because they market them that way. So I think another thing too is, you know, when you consider that when you're buying supplements at a store, you're paying for, you know, the middleman and the shelving fees and all of those different kinds of things too. So, um, and pharmaceutical grade supplements, you have to get through a licensed healthcare professional because they work so well and they want somebody making, you know, actual recommendations for you. So those are just some things, some things to, um, to keep in mind, I think, when it comes to, to buying supplements. You want to make sure you're being just as diligent about those as you are about your food. Is there anything else you want to add to our conversation about leaky gut? Any other tips and tricks, et cetera? Um, I think we covered it all. Just being patient and not being afraid to ask for help. I think in this day and age, we all think that we need to do everything on our own because we have smartphones and we have the internet and we can look up, you know, how other people maybe healed their leaky gut and what works. But, you know, what it really comes down to is learning what works for you and your body. And it might be different than what works for someone else. You know, you might do a lot better if you, you know, 
take a lot more supplements than someone else or focus more on sleep and stress than someone else. So I think you're trying not to compare yourself to others. And if you need help, making sure you're asking in the right places. I know a lot of people will turn to forums and things like that, which can be really, really helpful. And at the same time, I think sometimes that can be kind of confusing because there's a lot of mixed information out there. So listening to your body and just getting, getting help when you know that you need it. Yeah, because everyone's different. You know, some people are mm-hmm. born very, very healthy, and other people are born um, kind of at a slight disadvantage. They're just uh, some kind yeah. of like test babies that have adrenal fatigue. Wow. You know, I mean, there's, uh, you know, a lot of nutrient deficient babies being born today. And so uh, there's definitely vast differences in the stressors, uh, nutrient deficiencies one person can handle compared to the next. Yeah, sure. definitely. Well, I have a question that I like to ask all of my guests. What do you think is the most pressing health issue? in the world today? We've been given wrong, outdated nutrition information for so long. It's confusing and it's contradictory at best and it's simply false at worst. And it's causing us to become sicker and fatter. And this is really what I believe is the most pressing issue in the world today because dietitians are dishing out bad advice because the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, the biggest organization of nutrition professionals in the world, is sponsored by big food companies like Coca-Cola and McDonald's, Kellogg's, Conagra, and General Mills. Like that's Those are the companies that sponsored me getting my RD degree, which I'm not proud to say. Um, so we live in a world where money governs pretty much everything, and the junk food companies have a lot of money. So they put on the presentations that dietitians attend for their licensure requirements and their continu- continuing education credits. And, um, they, you know, they, they ensure us and comfort us and tell us that their junk food is innocent. And it's ridiculous. And it's the reason I believe it's the reason for the highest prevalence of heart disease, ob- obesity, cancer, type 2 diabetes um, ever. I think that's the reason for it. And we can be educated over and over again on which changes to make. But if it's information that doesn't work and doesn't produce results, it's not going to work. So we see this all the time with our clients. They end up feeling like failures because they've already seen a dietitian before and they told them to restrict calories and they did. And then they gained weight because when you restrict calories for too long, your metabolism slows down. So when they gained weight, their dietitian blamed them and said, well, you must not be doing what I told you to do. So it's shameful. I think these are just shame tactics and it makes... It makes us feel like a failure, like there's something fundamentally wrong with us. So that's why I'm so passionate about spreading truthful research-based information that makes people feel empowered and provides them with results. Because I think one of the biggest problems is we've been given the wrong information for so long. Yeah. Yeah. I had a one client that he had, he had seen a dietitian and she's telling him to eat uh, Jif peanut butter, uh, Cheerios yeah. and Benacol. Uh, to, to, you know, the horrifying, you know, uh, industrial seed oil spread that causes heart yeah. disease. It's amazing Seriously. how many, uh, heart, heart, how, how many, uh, cardiac patients and things that, that come to me and their doctors have said, told them to eat Benacol. It's really shameful. They're still being taught that. Yeah. I mean, we get emails from clients all the time still that in the hospital, you know, they, you know, they had a heart attack and they weren't allowed to have anything but margarine and oatmeal and orange juice. And it's like, what? Like, I thought we were beyond that. Um, the research is very clear on that, but we're still, you know, change takes a long time. And I think that's the problem is that, you know, we, we're still being given this outdated information that just doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. And those food companies spend a lot of money to scream that message mm-hmm. loud and clear um, all yes. over the television and they pay the government officials to make the laws and 
yeah. uh, scream when the uh, the food pie <laughs> chart, the grains gets a little bit yeah. smaller. They start, you know, freaking the dairy, out. Dairy, they get they get so nervous. Yeah, and you know when they're providing the money to sponsor you know, dietitian's credentials. I mean, I'm not necessarily blaming dietitians. I was taught this in school too. And if I hadn't really dug into the research, because you don't really have time to when you're in school, you're focusing on getting your degree and soaking everything in. And um, I'm just thankful and blessed that, you know, I was able to kind of see the light through it all and just to, to critically think, gosh, this just doesn't really make sense to me. I don't feel any better. My dad's sick over here. And how come this isn't working? You know, patients are coming in sicker when they restrict calories and eat low fat. So I kind of was able to put the pieces together, so to speak. And I don't think it's, you know, all the dietitians fault necessarily that that's what we were taught in school. It's just kind of the way the system works. So I think the more publicity we can give to the fact that these junk food companies are, um, are really the problem and, and actually, you know, not even maybe necessarily to blame them. They're in it for money. That's their goal is to make money. So I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, problems and there's a lot of cracks in the system that need to be fixed in order for, um, optimal health to be promoted. Yeah, and it's not dietitians' fault. It's not physicians' fault, mm-hmm. etc. The they most people they go out uh, into health, uh, become a doctor or dietitian or etc. to help people. Yeah, that's what they want to do. They want to help people and make them better and fight disease, etc. But there's this establishment in place that's mm-hmm. in place to make money, and uh, the education is controlled by the powers that be. And so, and it takes a very uh, intelligent and uh, you know person, a very curious person that asks questions and pushes the envelope to go outside of their education. That's where we have the very good health practitioners like yourself and doctors, et cetera, that are practicing alternative means uh, in addition to what they learned in school. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm just thankful for other um, holistic health practitioners like yourself to be spreading the truth about nutrition and health. Yeah. Yeah. So why don't you tell the listeners a little bit you know, more about yourself and uh, where they can find you? Yeah, so there's three websites. The first is dietitiancassie.com. That's my original site. Hasn't changed since I started it. I still blog there. Um, I'm also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at dietitiancassie. So no C in dietitian. It's all T's. And then healthysimplelife.com is where my team, my other dietitians on my team, and I blog there too. So you can find information about our nutrition and fitness coaching services. Like I said, you don't have to be in Minnesota. We do most of our appointments over Skype and phone. Um, And and you can reap the result of one of my latest projects. It's called our PFC Club Membership Program. Um, and I just wanted to tell everyone about this program because it's just been an absolute dream come true for me. And I think for my clients and followers too, it's our online community that we created in response to um, basically everyone else's desire for guidance and community and exclusive access to myself and my team outside of coaching appointments. Um, it's really the only way you can get access to me because I don't see clients anymore. It's also a way to connect with other clients. We weren't really able to, you know, give clients each other's phone numbers and things like that. So this is a great community group where um, you can meet with other people that want to share, that really do share the same desire to live a healthy, simple life. Um, so in the club, we have weekly videos and recipes and special discounts and challenges. We just started a, um, a fitness challenge and we have a very active community group where you can ask questions and hold one another accountable and inspire each other. Um, and then our third website, so that's dietitiancassie.com, healthysimplelife.com. Um, I already mentioned it's rfvitamins.com. So that's the brand new storefront for our supplement company, Real Food Vitamins. And like I said, I started that company because quality is essential for getting the results that you want when it comes to both food and supplements. And just because we see a lot of clients taking supplements that aren't helping um, 
So, so basically, especially after that last study that came out this year where recent reports called attention to certain retailers, you know, the supplements at Target and Walmart and Walgreens, um, when they tested them, four out of five contained none of the herbs listed on the label and instead they contained some scary ingredients. So supplements can be really helpful and I think in this day and age they're necessary. Um, so at Real Food Vitamins, we're just committed to carrying only the pharmaceutical grade brand of nutrition supplements, which means you're getting the best absorbable supplements on the market today. Um, and the ones that I mentioned for leaky gut are available in the RF Vitamins store too. Oh, that's great. Well, thank you so much, Cassie. I really appreciate you coming on. That was fantastic. Thanks, Wendy. It was so much fun. And thanks for all that you do too. I really appreciate you. Oh, thank you so much. And yeah, and thanks for having me on the low carb conversations. Uh, oh, that was fun. That was a fun conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You and Jimmy uh, had Jimmy Moore had me on the the show, and we talked about you know it's really interesting the format. You guys talk about all the current events um, that were you know happening in health right now. It's really really interesting. I actually picked the article on leaky gut because I figured it was something that you were passionate about if you asked me to talk about leaky gut today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was wondering that if you had picked that. Uh, <laughs> I did. Talk about. But yeah, I think uh, your, your format of that is really, really engaging because it talks about all the current events. And how long have you guys been doing that? A few years, you know, and it is kind of a unique podcast and where every single week it's very current. We talk about the health headlines that just came out that week. So, you know, people, we get a lot of questions. Our inbox is filled every single day with questions about, like I said, you know, the latest research study on supplements or on, you know, heart disease or diabetes or whatever it is. There's a lot of mixed information out there. So we just kind of cut to the chase and we cover, we try to cover six or seven health headlines each week. And then we also bring on two guests from the community. Sometimes they're fellow healthcare practitioners like yourself. And sometimes they're just people that listen to the show that are really passionate about nutrition. So it's kind of fun. We get, we get a big variety of articles and guests, and we can just kind of um, shed some light on the information that's um, being pushed in the media today. Yeah, yeah, it was, a, it was a great show. I had a good time. So you guys can check that out at lowcarbconversations.com. And Cassie, thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, and listeners, thank you so much for listening to the Live to 110 podcast. You can find me on LiveTo110.com. Learn all about detoxification and how to heal your health conditions naturally in my version of paleo, the modern paleo diet. And please be sure to go check out my new online health course called BodyBioRehab.com, where I talk about the five pillars of health, the basics of health you need to live a long, healthy life. Thank you so much for listening to the Live to 110 podcast.